Welcome to Raw Faith, a podcast for believers who want to grow and mature in their authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. In our time together, we hope to challenge each other to become better doers of the Word and not just hearers. This program is hosted by Shelley McWilliams of Sozo Restoration Ministries, which helps people to transform their lives through the healing, wholeness, and equipping of Jesus. So let's see where the Word takes us today. Greetings, saints of God. I'm so happy to be with you today and share what the Lord has put on my heart. This is Shelley, the host of Raw Faith Podcast. So I want to talk about something today that I think is a huge battle that we have in the North America church. And I'm hoping through the word to bring some enlightenment to it. We're going to be in the book of Galatians for this podcast because I think there's something very important that we need to capture and allow Holy Spirit to evaluate our lives by and potentially do some realigning if we're not lined up with the word that I'm going to share today. I want to start in Galatians chapter 3. And let me give you a little bit of history before we go to the scriptures. Paul wrote the book of Galatians to a region. Galatia wasn't actually a particular church or city. It was actually a region of towns and cities. So he writes this letter, and it's obvious that he is addressing some teachers of the law who they called Judaizers, who were coming to the Galatian region. And what they were teaching is that, yes, you receive Christ by faith, but then they pressed forward and said that you can receive by faith, but you have to still follow the law of circumcision. So there was a lot of legalism that was trying to be imparted and a lot of, well, we accept Christ in freedom by faith and forgiveness of sins, but we still need to follow the law to show our maturity and growing in Christ. So there was a lot of confusion that was going on. So Paul writes this letter and he hopes to bring some clarification. What I want to do is I want to jump in chapter 3. Because this is when Paul really begins to address the false teaching that the Jews and the Gentiles were still required to be circumcised. So in Galatians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and I'll be reading a good portion of the scripture from the Passion Translation. In verse 1, Paul starts and he says, What has happened to you, you foolish Galatians? Who has put you under an evil spell? talking about the false doctrine. Did God not open your eyes to see the meaning of Jesus's crucifixion? Was he not revealed to you as the crucified one? So answer me this. Did the Holy Spirit come to you as a reward for you keeping the Jewish laws? No, you received him as a gift because you believed in the Messiah. In verse three, Your new life began when the Holy Spirit gave you a new birth. Why then would you be so foolish to turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works? And then Paul in verse 5 says again, Let me ask you again, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws? The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through revelation and through faith. And if you go down in verse 12, he says, keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. For the law teaches that if you practice the principles of the law, 
then you must follow all of them. But yet Christ paid the full price to set us free from the curse of the law, absorbing the curse completely as he became a curse in place for us. And I want to stop for a second there, and I want to kind of dig into what this passage of Scripture is meaning, because though it may not be the matter of circumcision, and it may not be the fulfilling of the roles that was laid out in the Torah for the Jewish people to follow that is being pushed upon the church today. But in North America, there is still this spiritual religion and legalism that is so infiltrated the church. And in our relationship with God, I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to bring some light to it and wants to remind us, and if you dare, allow the Holy Spirit to say, are you so foolish now that you have started this life with Christ in the Spirit and by the Spirit, but now you're trying to fulfill and finish this journey with Christ in the flesh or by works? I have seen a pattern of religion giving birth to religion in the church that has so captured and limited the freedom that we have in Christ. And I think it's some of what has maybe dulled us to the things of the Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, as the Word says, and we are drawn to Christ and Jesus reveals the Father, that is a work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in our lives gives us the grace to walk out this relationship with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is bringing revelation of salvation. He is the deposit of salvation. We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And because of Christ and what he did on the cross, his crucifixion satisfied the law of the Old Covenant or the Old Testament. The reason is we have to understand that in the Word it says the law's purpose was actually to point us to the futility of our own humanity to be in relationship and reach God on an intimate level because we could not live in holiness. And that's what the law did. The law proved to us that we could not live by certain righteous standards that the Lord put forth, as Paul talked about, our self-efforts, as it was translated in the, the Passion Translation. Again, that was verse 12, 3 that says, keeping the law does not require faith, but self-effort. I understand that Paul is talking here about the Jewish laws from the Torah and the Old Testament, but I want to go to application. When we get saved, it is nothing but the revelation of the Holy Spirit that reveals to us Jesus and it is nothing other than the belief that Jesus died for us on the cross and that death, that, that price he paid by dying and shedding his blood was enough to atone for our sins and forgive us of our sins and restore us to righteousness with God, as 1 John 1, 9 says. That does not happen in our own humanity. When we gave our lives to the Lord, there was a moving of the Holy Spirit that took place in us, that drew us, because the Word says it is only the Spirit that draws the heart of a person to God. And so it is Holy Spirit's work in us. And we started this whole life with Jesus because the Holy Spirit was moving on our lives in truth and revelation. In chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, again, Paul is talking about you started this Christian life by the Spirit, but why are you now seeking, in essence, I'm paraphrasing, why are you now seeking spiritual maturity 
by performing works. So our spiritual maturity cannot be formed unless it is formed by the Spirit of God in us, because the Spirit of God not only draws us into salvation by faith, but it's the Spirit of God that continues to manifest himself in power in us to give us the grace to walk in this faith walk. And I have seen over the years so many people run to the altars and get saved And the first thing we give to them is a list of things that they need to do. Well, you need to read your Bible every day. Well, you need to get in a good church. Well, you need to pray every day. And we give them this list and then we send them on their way. The problem with that is if there is no foundation of relationship with Christ and there's no foundation of relationship with the Spirit and with Father God, then what happens is we begin to function off these lists. And we think, well, going to church will lead us into a deeper place with God. Well, being in my word will lead us into a deeper place with God. Well, praying every day will lead us into a deeper place with God. And all that is true, except it will not if we are not empowered and led by the Holy Spirit in those things. The enemy knows the word better than we will ever know the word, but there is no life in it for him. The enemy is very well aware of all the dynamics of Christ, all the dynamics of Father God, but there's no life. And so we can educate ourselves. We can go to church and hear the word. We can go to church and sing the worship song. We can read the word and learn all about God, but it is only the spirit of God that brings us into a knowing of God. I think there are so many of us in the church that have battled with, I know who God is, and we've been deceived from false teachings and false doctrines that somehow have said, well, this is a measure of your faith. And so we have a lot of knowledge, but do we know him? Because that is only something that can be produced by the Spirit of God's work in us that continues to give us this connection with Christ to walk out our faith. So it's because of Holy Spirit, as we submit ourselves to Him and His control, He enables us to actively walk out and to die to the flesh. Really, that's what Paul said in chapter 5, and we're going to look at that in a minute. Because of that, we know it's we in and of ourselves cannot deny the flesh. There is no way in our humanity we can do that. So with that groundwork laid, let's go to Galatians 5. And I really want to kind of dig into this a little bit because I think this is a huge key. As you know, in the spirit realm, there is so much power in the motive of what we do. I think we're used to doing our devotions, we're used to praying, we're used to going to church, and I think we can be lulled into a slumber. We think because my knowledge is increasing, then my relationship with God is increasing. And that is not true. I want to look now at chapter 5 of Galatians because I think it really gives us some insight. So in Galatians, starting in verse 16, so Paul continues on. Now, this is after he laid the foundation of salvation. He goes on to talk about freedom in Christ and what faith does. In verses 16 through 26, he's talking about what is life by the Spirit look like? So we begin this journey with Christ by the Spirit. So what is it when we engage our faith and we allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit? So listen to what Paul says. He writes and he says, let me emphasize this. As you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. 
What if we were to ask ourselves, am I living a dynamic life full of the power of the Holy Spirit? I don't know about you, but I can honestly say no, not to the degree that I know the Father wants me to. I long for it. I am coming into deeper and deeper revelation of it. Paul says that as we yield to the dynamic and powerful life of the Holy Spirit, that the work of Holy Spirit, as we yield to him, the work of the Holy Spirit is what will lead us to dying to the cravings of our self-life. Maturity comes from allowing Holy Spirit to do the work in us. Paul goes on in verse 17, and he says, when your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living freely within you. The Holy Spirit's intense craving to hinder you from your self-life and free you from it dominating you. So then there are two incompatible and conflicting forces within you, which is your self-life of the flesh and the new creation of life in the Holy Spirit. Listen to what Paul says in verse 18. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer live under the law or its in other words, by works in our own efforts, but you will soar above it. Meaning that if we will yield, or another word for that would be surrender, if we surrender our life to the Holy Spirit, then we don't hinder him, as Paul just said in the previous couple of verses. We don't hinder him from working in our lives. And so he will do a work in us that will bring us into a maturity that will soar far above what our human efforts can do. And then Paul brings some insight into verse 19, and I think it's kind of like a, an assessment. And he said, the behavior of the self-life is obvious. Okay, so he's saying, hey, if you're caught up in your own works providing you with a spiritual maturity and your own works providing you a relationship with the Lord, then some of these things would exist in your life. These are the self-life flags that Paul lists. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating or controlling others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless argument, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all similar behavior. Haven't I warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? So if we were to be really honest and we went through every one of those things, we can go, yes, that's definitely in the world. But can we be honest enough? Because I can tell you from being called to the church, the global church, and ministering to people in the church and ministering to a lot of ministers, these things, these flags of self-life are still predominant in the body of Christ. And that's why I think it's something that we need to look at because we are leaning on our own efforts. We are trying to gain righteousness from all these things that we think are spiritual. And that's what Paul was saying in chapter three, is if you started out in your relationship with Christ with that revelation, then why are we trying to mature ourselves by our own works or following the rules that we think 
we're supposed to follow because we're Christians. But if those things that I just listed are apparent in your life, then we have to be honest and say that we are not submitted enough to the Holy Spirit to bring the abandonment of cravings to that self-life. Because remember what verse 16 said, Paul said, as you yield to the dynamic life and the power of the Holy Spirit, we will abandon the cravings of our self-life. And so that list of self-life being obvious, saints of God, it's in our lives. And we have to be honest with that. And we have to realize that, you know what, our efforts to become mature in Christ with all these to-do lists, it's not working. Because our spiritual life and our spiritual maturity is something that can only be done by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm not saying that church is not important. And I'm not saying being in the Word isn't important. And I'm not saying prayer is not important. Trust me, those things are invaluable. But if we're doing it just to increase knowledge or we're doing it to gain information and make us feel a certain level of spiritual maturity, then that's not producing life in us. It's not really producing a spiritual maturity. We are so inundated in the Word of God. We are inundated with podcasts. Hello. We are inundated with YouTube videos and all those have a place. But if we're putting all that in, but we're not yielding our life to the Spirit of God, then what will happen is that becomes knowledge, but we're not submitting and yielding to the Spirit of God, so it will not produce life. And that's where we get mixed up. We have so focused on these behaviors that we're supposed to do as Christians, but yet we're not seeing the fruit in our life. Because listen, listen to what Paul says in Galatians 5, starting in Verse 22, it says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine in all its variety of expressions. Paul is saying, hey, if you're yielded to the Spirit of God, if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you and kill those fleshly cravings, then these things should be evident in your life more than the previous listings of things that I just read to you. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit within you is divine love and expresses itself in these ways. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, a gentleness of heart and a strength of spirit. Never let the law come above these qualities, for these are meant to be limitless. And he goes on in verse 24, and he says, keep in mind that you who belong to Christ have already experienced the crucifixion because he did that for us. For everything connected to your self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with the Messiah. So if the Spirit of God is the source of our life, Paul says, then we must allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. Let me repeat that. Every aspect of our lives. Ouch. Ouch, 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 ouch. Because if we really live this, brothers and sisters, we would not have the body of Christ looking and functioning and acting like the world does. If we yielded our desires to the Spirit of God, it would look different. If we gave him direction and we gave him leadership in every aspects of our lives, 
then we wouldn't be struggling with sin because that's what Paul was saying. Listen, your self-life, your sin nature, that's been crucified with Christ. You don't have to be in bondage to that anymore, but we are. And so my challenge to you is what of these lists is representing your life? And are you doing things because it's just what we've always done in our walk with God? Or are you really living every moment of your day and your relationship with God dependent upon the Holy Spirit of God? I was thinking about this passage of Scripture as I prepared to do this recording. So I was kind of pondering it this morning and just talking to the Holy Spirit about it. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of Acts. When Jesus ascended, he gave the disciples the instructions to go into Jerusalem and wait until you are endued with power. What was that power? That power was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, listen, I get that you've walked with me. I know that you believe that I am the Messiah. I know you believe that I'm the Son of God, but I'm about ready to go and I have to go so that my father can send another. But listen, when I'm not here anymore, don't take the next step until you go and you wait to be endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. That is so profound. And we just go, oh yeah, well, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And we move past that and we don't chew on it. But here's the reality. If you were to look at scripture and all that it says about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the power of the kingdom of God. I think I shared this in one of the podcasts I was listening to um, a teaching by Jesse Duplantis on the Trinity. He described the Trinity as this, where there is God the Father and he has a desire, okay? And we know the Trinity works together. And Jesus said that I do what I hear the Father doing and, and I say what I hear the Father saying. And so whatever catches the Father's heart, Jesus is automatically in tune with. His goal is to be an echo of that. And so he echoes that, well, who brings that to pass? It's the power of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the power of the kingdom. Spirit is the spirit of resurrection, the spirit of resurrection. It's the power that Holy Spirit released that resurrected Jesus from the dead. Was that instructed by the Father? Absolutely. And so it's the same for us. When we become a Christian, there is no way that we can mature or walk this life with God without the power of God, which is the Holy Spirit living in us. And he is such an ignored and misrepresented and even misunderstood person of the Trinity. We are dependent upon Holy Spirit in any part of our relationship with the Father and with Jesus. If disciples who walked with Jesus were told by the Messiah himself, that you have to be endued in power before you continue this walk, then why would we be any different? We need him just as much. I think that we know that he is the one that leads us to Christ. But I think after that, we're not quite sure how to relate to him. And so what we do is we falter to all these things that as new believers, we're told that we need to do to grow in Christ. And again, those are necessary steps. But if it's not done under the direction of the Holy Spirit and the power of the kingdom, which is the Holy Spirit, if he's not behind these things, if he, we're not engaging with him in these things, then these things will not produce life. And I believe that's where we're so caught up in this deception in the North America church, where we have so much knowledge 
but we don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. And because of that, the enemy has got in there and we've been deceived, like Paul was warning the Galatians, into thinking, well, if I do all of these things, it's going to draw me closer to the Lord. And this is what makes me, well, I go to church, I get really pumped up by the word and I feel really good. I could even quote scripture and man, I just feel like, whew, I am just, I know God, I know his thoughts, I know his words, I'm doing really great. But what is the evidence in your life? We have access to more knowledge than we've ever had, but the body of Christ in North America has more sin, compromise, and error in it than it has ever had. So we're missing something. We're missing something because we're not realizing the role of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit must breathe life into every spiritual growth and maturity that we have. Because again, our relationship with Christ cannot grow because of our human efforts. Now, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we can line our choices and our decisions up with what is the right thing to do, but it's only by his grace. Otherwise, it's not going to produce life. We need to walk more and more with the leading of the Spirit and surrendering all. You know, we sing that song, but the reality is, do we really? Are we asking him what he wants in all things, in all aspects of our life? No, we're not. Let's be honest, we're not. If it's something major or it's something we need wisdom on, but are we inviting him in to be part of every decision, every everything that involves our life? I surrender all. No, we're not. And I think that's why we're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I have been crying out to see the power of God come to this earth because God's not changed. But for some reason, we're not seeing it. And I believe it's because Holy Spirit has been silenced and we've not known what to do with him. And I'm telling you, we are in a season where we need to wake up. We are in a season where we need to say, Holy Spirit, teach me how to have relationship with you. Teach me who you really are. Show me in the word. Because we are entering a time and a season where our human efforts will take us under. They will be like an anchor to our legs. And we need Holy Spirit. We need his power to not just navigate our lives, but we need his power to bring the harvest that Christ wants. Amen. I really hope that you will take this and that you will chew on it. And I am praying that the letter that Paul wrote to the Galatians then will even challenge us to say, why did we start this life with Jesus under the direction and the revelation and the power of the Holy Spirit? But now we're operating in ourselves. And again, my hands raised. I want to surrender more to the Holy Spirit, and he's showing me how, but I've got to own the truth first. So I pray that you let him show you truth. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would show every listener within the sound of my voice, you bring life to the word, bring life to the word in each person's heart that hears this, that there would be an awakening and a hunger for you, Holy Spirit, that there will be a drawing and a desire to have you be the teacher that the word says that you are, and there would be a hunger to ask you to reveal how do we relate with you? How, how do we surrender this life that we no longer function in the flesh? And so, God, I just pray for transformation in the name of Jesus, not what our flesh can do, but God, I pray that the power of your Holy Spirit would be released in every life 
that is hearing this podcast right now, that change and transformation would come in might and power, that the power of the kingdom would be stirred within them with a new hunger and a new passion and a fervent determination not to settle for anything less than your kingdom, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we just acknowledge you and Father will give you all the honor and glory. Jesus, thank you that you made a way for us to walk this walk with you and with Father and with Holy Spirit. Thank you that you paid the price. Continue the work in us that we would walk in the fullness of your spirit and that the power of heaven would be released in our lives first and through our lives. In your name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I continue to pray over every one of our listeners that as you listen, that we would have the grace of the Holy Spirit to line our lives up and become doers of this word that we're listening to and not just hearers and scholars. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe and share this podcast. And if you want to know more about Shelly or Sozo Restoration Ministries, visit our website at sozorestoration.org.